The last lap. Oh, he hit oh, 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 into the wall. Logano oh, goes by. Wow. I knew it. What do you say? Joey Logano. Nice job. Checkered flag. 28th career win. Logano from the pole to the checkered flag captures the Goodyear 400. Hello and welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we are taking a quick look back at a couple different races. We got a look at the Darlington race on Mother's Day and also the Kentucky Derby. We got to revisit that as well as we had our great guest on last week, Mayhemily, to talk Derby. We got to see how we did. Uh, and then we will move forward to talk Kansas. The mile and a halfs are approaching and we need to batten down the hatches and prepare. So what does that mean to us? We will talk about it, get into the picks to win the race. We're going to talk finishing positions and our bet of the week, our tool hangers bet of the week. And then I am thrilled to have a full tank face-off with somebody that met through Derek's Twitter Spaces show, the betting preview show every Wednesday night, Skybox NASCAR. He's on this week. Great talk with him about everything Kansas, and we do a head-to-head matchup face-off, so we will get into that. So, let's kick off the episode by taking a look. Let's start with the Derby, the Kentucky Derby. Unbelievable finish to that race. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't cheer for a long shot, right? Rich Strike is your winner of the Kentucky Derby. He was an 80-to-1 shot, and I just could not imagine if you had uh, $100 on that horse, you're, you're cruising into this weekend. Unbelievable. The other reason why it was unbelievable, well, we had May Hemley on last week to talk Derby, and she was unbelievable, got so many messages from people saying that, hey, I'm not really into sports, uh, not sports betting, horse betting, and she really made it easy to understand. Totally, 100% true. She was unbelievable. The thing that really stinks is we didn't get a chance to talk about Rich Strike. I'm not sure if we would have because he would have probably been a longer odds horse, uh, but he joined the field on Friday. So when we spoke on Tuesday night, he was not even in the field. He was an alternate. And Ethereal Road scratched, uh, the 20 horse scratched on Friday morning, or maybe it was Thursday evening. And then all of a sudden, Rich Strike is in the race. Well, he was 99 to 1 when that happened, ends up getting bet down to 80 to 1, and comes out of nowhere to win the race. So crazy stuff. Uh, I don't know. I'm a big fan of, you know, hoping for a triple crown. I think most people feel that way, right? How could you root against it? It just seems like a super long shot winning the Derby does not really fare well for the triple crown. Uh, But we'll see. Preakness in a couple weeks. We'll have to see how that plays out. And just to, you know, pump Emily's tires a little bit more here, everything that she described as far as the start of the race and the way everything was going to play out and the horses that were going to be there in the end, was exactly right. Like, it was unbelievable. I'm watching the race, and Summer's Tomorrow's up front, like, right away, just like she said. And then we've got Zandon and Epicenter battling it down at the very end, Zandon winning that matchup. It was just, like, 
she was dead on with so many things that she said. It's just a shame we didn't get a chance to talk about Rich Strike uh, since he wasn't in the race uh, when we were discussing it. So great stuff all around. Great Derby day. They did a great job. Dale Jr., you know, the crossover between NASCAR and, and the Derby stuff. He was in a bit of a corny position. That guy Rutledge Wood is just so corny. But they did that thing where they were walking around the Derby doing bucket list items. And I thought Dale did a great job, honestly. They were doing some funny stuff. They got to interview Drake, uh, which made some viral moments there. They did a lot of cool stuff. Jimmy Johnson made a, a appearance there. So cool crossover there if you're a NASCAR fan watching the Derby, like I'm sure a lot of us were. And the big time, uh, I guess, most exciting part of the derby was uh i always do a pool with 20 people you throw x amount of money in and then the winner takes it all and my wife won she had rich strike and when i was pulling the names out of the hats i was like well she's gonna be pissed at me for this one not so much she was pretty pumped when she took home that pot so uh, we were excited in that one but let's move on to darlington where we were not excited uh pure pain for the darlington ending there uh, we'll get into it here in a second, but I, I think I have myself to blame, and here's why. The notes that I take every week, I've got a notebook, and I've got my thing that I do. I just sit down every Monday morning. I start going through the notes and, and the stats and everything. I have this one pen that I use all the time, and I started my notes for Darlington, and it was a different color pen. Can you believe that shit? So I'm going to blame the fact that I used a blue pen instead of my normal pen, and uh, that's why... We had Logano steal that win at the end of that race. So he wins with controversy. He gets into him. I think, though, that if you're just a, a fan of NASCAR, and if you were on Byron like I was, it still made that race very fun because you were in it till the very end, and, and you got to hand it to Logano. He just goes out and moves them, whatever. You know, a lot of controversy around it, but that's what NASCAR really is all about. So I, at the end of the day, was very frustrated because missed out on a big one. I mean, that would have been a really nice hit for Byron to clean that up for us. But the three guys that we called out last week, it was Ross Chastain, Kyle Busch, and William Byron. All three of those guys made me feel confident in those picks, right? I was very happy. They All three of us gave us a shot. They were all up front. They all led laps, and they were all factors until whatever happened to them happened. So I felt Good coming out of it, knowing that we made nice, safe, sound picks that were going to pay out big if they hit. So I can't complain about that and got to use that. You know what I mean? Look at the good side. Glass half full. Move forward and just know what you're doing is the right thing. And, you know, sure, we'll we'll turn it back around. I got the right color pen this week, so we will get back on it. Head-to-heads, we went 2-1, and one, so came out on top of the head-to-heads. Uh, Harvick was the one we lost to Tyler Reddick, and it was uh, Harvick finishing fourth, losing that matchup. So a uh, bit of a heartbreaker there. Missed that on that parlay, but still finished 2-1 and one there in those matchups. Harvick gave us a top 10 hit, so that was good. The other top 10 that we called out, though, Kurt Busch, he was good early on. I was really happy with what I was seeing out of that 45 car, but had a bad issue on pit road, fought back. So I really like what I'm seeing there from Kurt fighting back there, but got swept up in the wreck in stage three. So um, that ended his chances for a top 10. But again, another sound pick. He was proven that he had something going on there. So I wasn't... I. I 
case study, I guess you could say. That was a case study for Kurt Busch because he had some adversity early in that race with the pit road situation and then fought back. That's something that you need to put in the back of your mind as this year progresses because I'm not writing off Kurt Busch just yet. Um, overall, though, looking at it, didn't really um, have a, a great day. I think we were we did not break even on the day. Toyota was our tool hangers bet of the week and early it was like everybody had their moments right there was one point where toyota had four of the top six i was looking pretty good there uh but somebody would kind of rise up and be the guy and they just kept getting picked off one by one and dropping down so toyota did not come through with us uh for the pick of the week but it was still a good race very happy with that race it was entertaining and that's what you want darlington was very exciting and i think what you want to do is just remember that for you know next time when we go back there in the fall because it's going to be one heck of a race so let's move forward now to kansas speedway this is the start of what i like to call cookie cutter country baby the mile and a half are getting here and i'm excited for it we've got three straight if you count the all-star race with texas next week a uh, bit of a snoozer usually, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Three straight mile and a halfs, and I'm excited because I'm anxious to see what this new car can do. You know, will this be something that brings more excitement to these races? I think so. I mean, I think it's proven through 13 races or however many we've had, 12, that it has the ability to do that. Kansas will be our table setter here. And hopefully we get a good stretch of races here. Now, as the gambler, you're in a pretty decent shape. But we're going to talk about that after we go through the track stats. Because I like to lay it all out first. And then we'll get into what we're looking at for the, the odds here. So 32 races, all time in the Cup Series. The winner has started from the pole eight times. That's a pretty big amount. 25% of the time. Uh, very interesting. We have not seen that type of number in a long time, if ever. Uh, definitely not this season. And the last time it happened was, well, last race. Kyle Larson, last fall, got it done from the pole. Winner has started in the top five 50% of the time and in the top 10, 62% of the time. So think about that. It's either they're in the top five or, you know, a little further back. That's interesting. Outside the top 20, it's only happened three times. So what that means is you want to really pay attention to who's in the top five this weekend after qualifying. If it's not any of the guys we're calling out here, you might want to look and see who you can get at good numbers uh, after qualifying because 50% of the time, that's a coin flip, baby. You better find someone in there to throw money down on. And if all three of these guys that I'm about to call out are in the top five after qualifying, I will be loving it because after they do practice in qualifying. The odds are only going to go down. So we don't want to see that for guys that we like. Now, manufacturer trends, Toyota's got five of the last ten, three of the last five. So they've had it going on. Chevy only two of ten, but they won the last race, like I said, with Harvick. And then Ford just kind of puttering around there, three of the last ten races. So really, if you want to take anything from the manufacturer trends, it's Toyota. But we kind of had a similar situation last week. And I went all in on Toyota, and they kind of let me down because this year they just yet to figure it out. So we'll have to see what they can do at this track because this is going to be the start of a long stretch here this month. Now, a hot topic this week is comparable racetracks. 
right? Las Vegas is the buzzword. Everybody's talking about how guys did at Las Vegas, and that's because we have data on what they did this year in this new car. And so you're, you're trying to scratch and claw anywhere you possibly can. Now, the other thing that I'm going to do, and I'm going to refer to this throughout the episode, I saw a, a tweet out there by Rotodoc who did a, a lot of information and found that the average running position, the correlation over the last like five or six years, I guess since 2016, compared to Kansas, it's actually Las Vegas. And then he found that Dover was very high up there as well. So I'm going all in on the Las Vegas-Dover combo because, you know, if we want to look at this year, can add up the how they did average finish-wise and average green flag speed at those two tracks to give us something else, another data point to look to, to try to have a feather in our cap saying, yep, I like this guy because look at this stat. Uh, so that's something I'll be referring to as we get into this episode. Just wanted to make that as clear as possible. Dover and Vegas are, are something I'm you know, really diving deep on here. So my hope is combining them will bring us some, uh, some good stats and some maybe a little bit of luck here. So as the gambler, you should not be upset that we're getting into the mile and a half, right? Typical NASCAR fan, I think, might be like, well, you know, this is going to be boring, uh, not really into this. But as a gambler, you should be licking your chops, especially when they release the odds. So I originally say that because these tracks are a little bit more predictable, right? We're able to look at the stats, and typically the history at the racetracks kind of reign true. This slate of, of tracks that we just got through, they're like landmines, man, all over the place. Different, you know, i got a road course in here, super speedway, one that's acting like a super speedway, another super speedway. Here's a mile and a half thrown in, short track city, just crazy stuff. Well, now we're kind of, you know, able to sit back and say, all right, well, let's look at this track history and, and put it to work. So you should be happy about that. In addition, the sports books don't know what to do here. They've got four drivers set as the favorite when the lines came out on Monday night, plus 700. That is unbelievable. There was a time a couple years ago where the favorite at this racetrack was like plus 400 or plus 350 or something. So let's jump on this, right? There's not really a bad answer when you're talking about guys that could win this race. If you're looking at like the, the top eight or nine guys, you're going to get a big ticket on them. And that's what I was saying earlier about qualifying. I think it's worth your money to throw your bet in on somebody that you believe in now because, you know, as we'll talk about with these guys, if they qualify well, we're not going to get them at this number. And I, I want to make sure I snag the big one. So that's big. Um, favorites, you know, the fact that there's four of them, that's wild to me. We haven't seen that all year whatsoever. So they don't know what they're doing. So maybe there's an opportunity to jump on if we're doing our, our math here, right? So this episode, it's history at the racetrack, plus the 2022 stats at the comp tracks. We're going to put that all together, and we're going to come out on the other side with some some big winners here, whether it's the outright or head-to-heads with Skybox, top 10s, finishing positions. That's what we're doing this week. That's what we're utilizing. So let's start with someone who is going off at plus 1,000. I do not understand how this guy could be going off at plus 1,000, but it's Ross Chastain, the watermelon man himself, had a great race last week, and I have to say it. like He is the real deal. There's no getting around it that he is here to stay. All right, He is fourth right now in the favorites to win the championship. Could you imagine if you had a time machine and you were listening to this 
and you jumped ahead in the season and you heard me saying this. You, you jumped through the microphone and smacked me in the face. Like, dude, what are you talking about? That's what we're doing right now. Like, it's bizarre world. Ross Chastain is fourth to win the championship according to the odds. Unbelievable. But he deserves it. And he's giving us a real chance if you're betting on him week in and week out. Last week is no different. You know what I mean? He had a very fast race car and just had a you know quick problem there, spinning out from the lead or second place that was on the, the restart there with battling. And you can't hate that. So despite the fact that I was a little against Ross earlier in the season, I, he needed to make a believer out of me. He did. He did. And here I am, and I'm taking him once again to win the race. And, and it's a damn good number, too. So the one thing that I want to call out to start this here is the last three times this season he's finished outside of the top five, he came back and rebounded with a top five. So I will definitely be throwing in Ross Chastain plus 125 for a top five finish. Now his career at Kansas, he has six starts, two top 15s, and his average finish is 25.0. So this is somebody that we're not really able to go history wholeheartedly on plus this year. But if you just look at last year, CGR, Chip Ganassi Racing, he finished 13th and 14th. So definitely saying, okay, if you put the guy in a vehicle with four tires and a steering wheel that works, he's able to do something decent with it. 13th and 14th, not too shabby. Now he's got his legs under him. He's got his sea legs here at Kansas. I'm expecting bigger things here because 2022, Dover and Vegas, he finished third at both of those. His green flag speed at Vegas and Dover, one and two. So that's unbelievable. His average green flag speed and average finish compared to everyone in NASCAR at Dover and Vegas this season, he's first in both categories, right? Unbelievable stuff. So how could I not, if everyone's talking about comp tracks, comp tracks, Vegas this, Vegas that, he is the real deal this season, and he improved at Kansas last season. So plus 1,000 is just an absolute great value for someone who has the stats that we're talking about with this new vehicle. So Ross Chastain in that one car, lock it in. On top of that, I know some people might not be a gambling gods type of thing, but literally as I was taking my notes for Ross Chastain, Sesame Street's on in the background, right? Got the kids watching Sesame Street, and they do the number of the day, and it's number one. Can't make this shit up. And uh, now, obviously, you know, somebody like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is not going to be getting called out in the number of the day. They're not going to be counting up to 47 on Sesame Street. But, you know, the lower number guys, how did they land on him? You know what I mean? Number one. So let's lock it in, plus 1,000. The next guy that I'm calling out is more of a value play, but I think it makes a lot of sense. All right, Alex Bowman is plus 1,600. That's a big number. So the odds is what really got me attracted to Bowman here for an outright pick. There may be some other guys within the plus 700 to 1,600 range or um, you know shorter odds that you could say, hey, why not this guy? But it's the 1,600 mark that really has my attention. So I'm not sure what's up with him. It's great value. Eight starts, two top fives, four top tens. His average finish is 10.0. That makes me want to say, like, if you're using a sports book that gives out odds boosts or something, maybe boost him to finish in the top 10. That seems pretty solid. That's where his average finish is. Uh, but that's only if you can get that extra boost there. Uh, just a little throw in. His average finish, 
in all of NASCAR is sixth in the last 10 races. His driver rating is ninth, 90.4. So last time he finished outside the top 20 this year was Fontana, and he won the next race. So very important because the next race after Fontana was Las Vegas. Well, he finished outside the top 20 last week, and now we're going to a similar racetrack. So he's trying to rebound here and make up for it once again. His green flag speed at Dover and Vegas is fifth for both. So winning Las Vegas clearly has some good momentum. He finished fifth at Dover. He's got the best average finish in those two tracks combined, tied with Ross Chastain 3.0. So he's having a very consistent year. I'm expecting... You know, a little bit of a bounce back race plus 200 for a top five finish is, you know, great value as well. So Alex Bowman, don't sleep on him. I think haven't really heard his name too much out there this week. I've been pretty busy going on a, a few different shows, talking to a lot of people and, and not really many people talking about Bowman. He's not part of the featured matchups or anything like that. So he's kind of flown the below, below the radar, excuse me, a little bit, plus 1600, damn good odds. So he puts it in the top five qualifying. You're not going to get at that number. So lock me in 48 car plus 1600. The last guy I'm talking about here is a co-favorite and he was on baby watch and I was nervous. It was going to be something that I called out here, but Kyle Busch is going off at plus 700 and the baby has been born new baby girl for the Bush family. So I was nervous about it because Trevor Bain was the, standby driver and i would have hated to see you know you throw your bet in on kyle and then all of a sudden trevor bain's driving the 18 i'm not in on that I, those odds need to shoot up big time baby and you're already locked in at plus 700 uh forget that so the new baby's here so you maybe get a little bit of dad momentum i don't know if that's a thing in nascar but you know go out and, and win one for the new kid He's a solid mix of history at this racetrack plus 2022 season. So last week, pretty embarrassing, right? If you're a Kyle Busch fan, you park the car, you get out of the car, you storm off. The baby looked like it came a little early. You know what I'm saying? Looking at Kyle Busch doing that, parking on pit road, making someone else come and move your car. That's just not a good look. But it's classic Kyle. That's the thing. Classic Kyle Busch was back doing villain stuff. And you know what? That might be the little bit of juice that he needs to really kick it over the edge here. In his last 10 races at Kansas, he has one win, five top fives, seven top tens. His average finish is 10.0, and he finished 28th last time they were here in the fall. So that really hurts the average finish. That's why he's a little higher up there. But he's seventh overall in NASCAR, even with that 28th place finish. Driver rating is really what I'm looking at. He's fourth, 106.4. That's damn good at a racetrack where you've got a lot of people putting up some decent driver ratings. So this season, his average finish at the comp tracks we talked about is 5.0. It's fourth compared to everyone. And his green flag speed is third. So that's what I'm really digging in on here. Before Sunday, where he obviously wrecked out early and left his car on pit road, he had five straight top tens, including the win at the Bristol dirt track fell into that a little bit, but still he's finding his groove. I think we can say this about a couple other guys. He's a veteran who's really coming alive. And now I, I really expect big things for Kyle because of what we're seeing this season in 2022, new car at the comp tracks, plus Kansas clearly to his liking. So I feel like these flyover States, 
You know, Kyle Busch usually steals one of those races at some point in the season, year in and year out. So lock me in at plus 700. Go out there, Kyle, and win it for the new baby. So to recap, it's Ross Chastain, once again, plus 1,000 for the Watermelon Man. Alex Bowman, bit of a sleeper pick, plus 1,600 outright. And Kyle Busch, plus 700. Let's go. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. So next up, we have our finishing position bets. We've got uh, a few picks here, and one of these will be our toolhangers.com bet of the week. So I'll save that for last. And then right after that, I'll talk a little bit of trucks before we get into our great conversation and the face-off with Skybox NASCAR following this. So let's start with the top 10 picks that I have picked out. Now, this is a little bit different for me. I usually like to try to find super long value here uh, with this section. And this week, I'm just not seeing it. There's not too many guys that I'm seeing in the top 10s that I like to, to get at a long shot type of value. I'm going to wait and maybe find some of those after qualifying uh, to really see who has it. And, and maybe some of the guys that are further down show a little bit of speed in practice and qualifying and, and are still plus money. But the two guys I'm calling out right now, you can get them on Barstool for the best price, but they're still minus money a little bit. So if you're looking for the super long shot, I got you maybe this weekend. Sorry to let you down for the podcast, but I got to call these guys out because I like what I'm seeing here. Kevin Harvick, minus 122 to finish in the top 10. He's got all the stats that you could possibly want at Kansas. Three wins, six top fives, eight top tens, including five straight top tens. His drive rating is first in the last 10 races, 118. Like, are you kidding me? 118. Just amazing. Like, it amazes me when we go to these tracks and you see some of these guys putting up numbers like that. That's over 10 races. It's insane. So what does that tell you? It tells you that he knows how to get around this joint. His first in average finish in the last 10 as well, 5.7. So that's impressive. Then you look at 2022, and he's got three in a row. Five of his last seven races, he's finished in the top 10. That's all we need him to do here. I'm not asking Kevin Harvick to go out and win the race. So this is the thing that's really standing out to me about Kevin Harvick. All right, last week we took him to finish in the top 10. And... He was going to a racetrack that he had a huge, consistent streak at to finish in the top 10. He had 12 in a row. He ends up not qualifying, starts in the back, works his way up, and finishes fourth. Like, I'll be damned, he's up there and he's competing. He gets that top 10 and keeps that streak alive. Did the same thing at Phoenix, didn't have to come all the way from the back. But my point here is that tracks that we've seen Kevin Harvick dominate at it doesn't matter if he's down. Look at last season, right? He was down last season. He still got it done. And so that is what's really standing out to me about this is if it's a track like this where we're seeing consistent top 10 finishes out of Harvick, I think you can bet your bottom dollar on it. So I was really hoping that they would fade him a little bit more from the sportsbook perspective, but minus 122, that's about as comfortable as I am on this one. So I'm locking that in for sure. The other thing about this is he's completed in the last 10 races every single lap. That is just wild. Now, obviously, if you're going to have these type of stats, then maybe that kind of comes with it. But think about that. Think about you know, somebody never getting in a wreck, never finishing a lap down in 10 races. That's really impressive. So 
I'm into this, minus 122, not the best value, but I think, yeah, I, I really thought about making it the, the tool hangers better of the week, but I'm gonna refrain from that now. I'm just throwing my normal money on it, minus 122, let's get it done. I absolutely love it. Next guy that I'm gonna call out is Christopher Bell, minus 105. So decent value, I would say, for a top 10. I think people are sleeping on him here. He's got four starts in his Cup Series career. Two of them are top 10s. So that's 50% of the time. He finished eighth here last time around. His average finish is 17.3. Not great, right? But only four starts, small sample size. Then you look at this year. This is what really got my attention with Christopher Bell. I'm kind of going through the spreadsheet, looking at who is good, you know, at Vegas and Dover combined for average finish and green flag speed. And his rank is sixth, 7.0 in average finish. And his green, he finished 10th and 4th, by the way, at those two tracks, both top 10 finishes. And his green flag speed is 10th when you do the combined number for those stats. So it seems like he's somebody that we're just really not hearing about, but he definitely has the ability to finish in that top 10. The, the 20 car is just down this season, but three of four top 10 finishes and two straight. So maybe he's about to start a run. You know, I think a lot of people, myself included, have expected a lot more from Christopher Bell. I thought practice and qualifying were going to be a big deal for him because he hasn't had that in his cup career yet. And now that we've had it, he has not impressed me. He is not performing well enough, I think. That 20 car has been a carousel for a little bit. They kicked uh, Eric Jones out of there. And you saw what they did with Daniel Suarez in the 19. Like, if you're not producing quickly, you're out. I think they have a little bit more leash for Christopher Bell, but he's not performing well enough, I think, to remain in JGR equipment. So this is a, a big time of the year for Christopher Bell, and I think that he's got the ability to rip off some, some top 10s. I want to be in on it this week if it continues. Like I said, two straight now. He won at this racetrack in the Xfinity Series in 2017, so maybe some good vibes. Let's lock it in at minus 105 because... I don't want to miss out on that number and have it shoot like minus 160 or something if he goes and puts it on the pole, which he has done a couple times this year. So Christopher Bell is someone that I've got my eye on for a top 10. So that'll bring us to the toolhangers.com bet of the week, our sponsored pick here, our sponsored segment, doing some really cool stuff with us here. The guy that runs that company, a small business, listener of the podcast, reached out, wanted to get involved, and we've been having some fun with it ever since, and it's going to continue through the Daytona Summer Race. So to explain, if you're new to this, we've got $10 given us to buy tool hangers, and I'm going to place that bet on something, and if I hit, it goes into a bucket, and that bucket will accumulate, hopefully, throughout the summer, and then after the regular season is over, we will do a drawing, toolhangers.com slash full tank. You can register for this drawing and you get a gift card to the website. Whatever's in that bucket at the end from these bets, you get a gift card. There's $14 and change in there right now, and I'm looking to add to it this week. Toolhangers.com, they specialize in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing, and displaying on pegboard tool walls, circular saws, drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, Anything you can have there on those pegboards, these guys will do it for you. So uh, definitely give them a look. Go to that website and register for the drawing at the end of the year if you haven't done so already. And he's got a page up there that tracks our bets. Like, it's so cool. Um, so I'm very pumped about it. So we got to get some more money in that bucket for whoever wins this gift card. And this week, I'm going with a top five. Played a little bit safer. 
the last couple weeks, right? I took Hendrick to win, where I got four drivers. Last week I took Toyota, I got a few more drivers. And, you know, it was a little bit more of a safer pick. This time I'm going for a top five. Plus 105 to finish in the top five is the five car. Kyle Larson, I needed something on this guy. One win, three top fives, five top tens in his last eight starts. His driver rating is second in NASCAR, 108.9. Average finish is eighth. So the, the finishes that he had were not in the top 10, definitely brought his average finish down a little bit. Maybe that's why he's further down the list here. But Kyle Larson is someone that is just, you have to have something on him this weekend in some capacity. Maybe you don't want to take him to win for whatever reason, but you have to have something on him, I think, because three times this year, he's finished outside of the top 10 and backed it up with a top five finish. He's rebounding. We talked about that with Ross Chastain earlier, his ability to rebound. Well, you look at him and he's having one of the best seasons out there right now. So that is something that I'd really have my eye on, the fact that he's you know mentally able to do that after a rough finish. Then you look at Vegas and Dover this year, he finished second and sixth. It's right where we're trying to get to here. So that gets your attention as well. But then you look at what's happening here. We're going to the mile and a half, and last season, Kyle Larson made his bones on the mile and a half. He won this race last time we were here. So, you know, won Texas uh, in the all-star race and in the, the fall race. Just the mile and a half spoke to Kyle last year. This is really where he started to come alive, that part of the season. So you better believe that top five is gettable. So like I said, to put the bet on the week on this, I feel a little queasy doing that because... You know, everything's relying on him, and if something bad goes wrong, there it goes. I'm trying to put some money in this uh, this pot here, but I think this is a really good guy to have your money on. So Kyle Larson's season really starts to pick up starting now, and I want to be behind it for a top five finish. So plus 105 on Barstool, you can get it there. Lock me in for the toolhangers.com bet of the week. Gotta love it. So then we're going to end this segment here. Before we get into Skybox's conversation with me, we're going to talk a little bit of trucks just quickly, all right? Because we've got Saturday night truck racing, folks. Like, how could you hate that? It's just unbelievable. I love looking at the truck schedule. I love night racing. You know, I know some people might not like that, but I love it. And the trucks give it to you like more times than not. So it's phenomenal. Looking forward to it. And I just wanted to call out a couple things, all right? Ben Rhodes gets slept on every goddamn week like it seems like it's the you know cup drivers that are coming down and then his odds shift a little bit and now this week we don't even really have the the cup guys coming down and he's still getting slept on some some really good value there for ben Rhodes. i was a little disappointed it's it's kind of silly right his odds to win the race are plus 700 which you know, it's a pretty big payout if he gets it done. But I usually like in the truck series to look at more like top fives because they do get squirrely a lot of times, you know, and it could be somebody else's fault. His top five is minus 125. I don't like that. So I'm going to have to go like plus 150 for a top three or just go kit and caboodle plus 700. Ben Rhodes performed really well here last year, and um, I'm all in on it. I mean, I think he's getting slept on. John Hunter, plus 300, really good number. I like that as well. He's been very good here, performed very well last year as well so can't hate on the john hunter nemechek play whatsoever the 
bet that I really want to call out is a head-to-head matchup. There's a few of them that I'm leaning towards that I'll throw into a parlay this weekend for sure. So give me a look on Instagram. I'll drop that. But Carson Hosever is taking on Stuart Friesen in a head-to-head matchup. He's minus 120 over Friesen. And this is all that's going through my mind right now. We've got Stuart Friesen, who's a veteran in this series. He's been here a bunch, looking at the last six races at Kansas in the trucks. He's got one top 10 finish. The rest are very poor finishes. All right, so that is alarming to me, right? If you see a veteran who's been there a bunch and cannot get it done, well, what's going on there? You know what I mean? That's that's a problem. Let's put a pin in that. Then who's he going up against? It's Carson Hosever. Well, he's only been there one time, finished 23rd. Not great, but that 23rd place finish is actually better than a bunch of the finishes that Stuart Friesen's had here. So my point here is we've got a guy who just can't seem to figure out this racetrack taking on an up-and-comer. Carson Hosever almost won that damn race last week. He performed great. Absolutely loved that. Cashed a bet on him versus Matty D. Also, in another book, had him against Parker Kligerman. Hit those. Felt really good about it. So he's got momentum behind him. I think he's only going to improve. He's been improving a bunch this year. So give me Carson Hosever minus 120 over Stuart Friesen, the young guy versus the veteran who can't seem to figure out the track. That's my truck pick of the week. I love that one. So lock that in while you can. Sometimes these truck bets, they kind of go away a little bit and um, you don't really get them back. So get them while you can, because you never know what will be there on race day. The only other thing that I want to call out, maybe it's not truck related, but um, MGM, I was brought to this attention. I was on the back road YouTube show from the guys at the in-between media group what an awesome time that was give that a look on youtube we broke down um, general topics with kansas and the all-star race and just everything in general going on right now nascar and it was so much fun and rod on that show brought to my attention mgm i use mgm this was right under my nose the whole time so i'm thankful that rod brought this up because they've got a bunch of really cool parlays underneath if you scroll down and you use MGM, it's underneath their like main area. They early in the week have these available, just like DraftKings does on you know race day or closer to race day. Well, these guys have them out there early. And the things that got my attention were they were parlaying, so they don't let you choose your own, but they're parlaying best finishers from each manufacturer. Okay, and that really got my attention because there were some super super long shots when you're looking at this stuff and it you know you might be saying to yourself well i wish i could just pick my own right i mean that makes sense but the guys that they're giving you are interesting the the longest shot is kurt bush to be the top toyota kevin hart to be top ford and chase Elliott to be top chevrolet obviously kurt bush being the top toyota would be a bit of a stretch but it's plus twenty thousand, right like what What's the harm in throwing a dollar on that and hitting a 200 little bucks there? Chris Rebell to be the top Toyota. I just mentioned how I liked him to finish in the top 10, so okay. Ryan Blaney to be the top Ford. Blaney is someone who is also being slept on this week, plus 1,600 to win the race. I can see him being the top Ford. I mean, Ford's just really squirrely this year, Um, especially the last, I don't know, five racers or so. It's been tough. So, yeah, why not Ryan Blaney? If he puts something together, he could be a top Ford. And then William Byron to be top Chevrolet. He's the championship favorite in my eyes. So, 
Why couldn't it be the top Chevrolet? That's plus 10,000, right? So give this stuff a look. I think this is really cool. I'm glad that uh, Rob brought this to my attention because I was, I was missing this. And I'm definitely going to be looking at these week in and week out and see what we can take advantage of. Like I said, mile and a half is a little bit more predictable. Well, you know, maybe you cash in on a, a Hail Mary here on some of these parlays for the manufacturer pick. So just something to chew on. Wanted to, you know, throw that out there in case you didn't hear us talking on the YouTube show. But if you haven't, definitely give that a look because it was a lot of fun. So now I'm thankful to be joined here in a second by a special guest. We've got Skybox NASCAR, someone who I kind of met through the betting preview show on Twitter Spaces that Derek puts together at Picks by Blaze. Um, great stuff. He's been one of the, the panelists on that show each week and um, really enjoy everything that he brings to that program. So asked him if he would jump on here, and we got into a little bit with some general nascar talk got into some kansas and then of course you know when we have guests on we got to do the the full tank face off so we get into that a little bit and he throws a little bit of a curveball at me as you'll see so without further ado let's get into it with skybox so now we will welcome on mark but most people know him as skybox nascar anyone who's been listening to the twitter spaces that uh, Derek has put together over the last month or so, knows Skybox very well. Mark, Skybox, uh, welcome to the podcast for the first time. I'm really happy to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Um, like I was telling you earlier, I, I just love getting to talk about NASCAR betting, uh, podcast, Twitter space, video, in person, whatever it is. Sign me up. I'm there. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I want to talk to you first. We're, we're going to get into everything. We're going to talk about a little bit of last week uh, and then, of course, Kansas and get into a face-off here in just a bit. Uh, but want to just get your background a little bit. Like, how'd you end up here talking with me on a Tuesday night, uh, talking NASCAR betting and, and tell me about your, your Twitter handle and, and everything there. What led you here? Yeah, so I got to go back all the way to uh, 2004. My dad, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, right up the road from Daytona, about an hour and a half. Um, and my dad's stepbrother took me down to the Bud Shootout. Um, never heard of NASCAR. Uh, I was eight at the time. And, uh, and he kept trying to get his sons involved, and none of them ever wanted to go. And so he asked me and my dad to go down, uh, and I was eight, 2004, Bud Shootout. Um, hooked ever since I've been to every Daytona 500 since then. Um, and I just, you know, I was a fan in high school, um, but it was kind of the taboo thing. Um, I'm from a little beach town, uh, right outside of Jacksonville and NASCAR was definitely not on people's radars. And, um, and, but I would, you know, I'd watch every race on Sunday and I, I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it besides my family, you know, my dad and, I guess you could call him my step uncle. Um, and so, you know, I it wasn't in the betting space at all. Um, and then I got to college and I played football in college. So football was my my whole deal. You know, I would I would bet on football in college. And that's kind of how I got introduced to the wagering world. And um, and I would watch every Sunday, uh, watch every NASCAR race and have no idea that you could wager on it. 
Um, and then one day towards the end of college, I, I figured it out and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can, <laughs> I can bet on my favorite sport. Like this would be so much fun. And so I would start throwing, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks on, on outright winners. Um, and I, I kind of won a little bit. Like I, it's kind of how it's like the addiction thing. You test it out once or twice and then you're like, Oh shit, I really like this. Uh, so I was hooked, um, from the betting aspects, you know, towards the end of college, um, which was 2018, 2019. And, uh, and then, after I graduated college, I moved in with a few guys in Jacksonville into a house and they all had burner Twitter accounts. And so I'm like, all right, I'll have a burner Twitter account. That'd be fun. I can just tweet about whatever I want and follow whoever, <laughs> whatever. And so then I was like, well, why don't I just start tweeting out my pit, my NASCAR plays? And so I just, I started tweeting them out off this stupid burner Twitter account. And, uh, and then I'm also a part of a group me called Carissa Thompson fan club. And it's a bunch of guys in their mid twenties, mid thirties that just like to talk gambling. And so then I started throwing my picks in there and, uh, skybox, the original skybox, skybox sports picks. Um, he reached out to me and was like, you know, do you want to rebrand your Twitter account and, you know, maybe skybox NASCAR, um, we can sell your picks and we can get into that later. Um, but he's like, yeah, well, I can give you a platform and, and grow your grow your deal deal a little bit. And so that was uh, right, right when COVID happened. That was 2020. And so I started in May of 2020 uh, at Skybox. And I've been doing it ever since. Uh, 2020, we ended up, you know, we talk in units because everyone's got a different dollar amount for units. But uh, was up like 20 units in 2020. And then last year was like, 37 units and this year we're i haven't tallied up the last four or five weeks but uh we're trending in a positive direction uh but anyway so then i uh you know things just started taking off um started gaining followers and people were buying the packages and um i met a few people in the industry and um and then and then like you were saying earlier about derek in the twitter space kind of just fell into my lap um, he just approached me one day and said, Hey, do you want to talk some NASCAR wagering? And I said, absolutely. I'll make time in my schedule to do this. Um, and I've been doing it for, I don't know, four or five weeks now. And, and I absolutely love it. And obviously that Twitter space brought me to you and, um, and that's how I got here today. And I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Love to hear it. The, the story that you have there is like pretty similar to me. You're definitely uh, a bit younger than me, but what you had there with like NASCAR, not really being a thing in your town, except for, you know, the couple of people you're around, uh, you know, playing a, a different sport in college, betting on that, like I'm locked in step with you that whole way. And it was kind of um, interesting to me as well. Like when you realize you can bet on NASCAR, the question that I have for you, um, cause I know how this was with me did you have like a favorite driver at that point that you were like throwing money down on? Because to let you know where I'm going with it, my experience was like, I had a favorite driver, but it was nice to bet on someone else because when he was out of it, I had another dog in the fight. And then all of a sudden it kind of became like, it was less about my driver at that point and more about my bets as yeah. uh, the years went on. Like, did you have a, a guy that you followed and then it kind of fell off or you still have a, a favorite? 
So I grew up when I first got into the sport was when Casey Kane had that incredible rookie season and second year. Um, I mean, he was the hottest guy besides Jimmy Johnson. And so Casey Kane was my guy. So from you're, 2000- you're kidding me. You're kidding me. No, that's my guy. no way. Dude. I have a Casey Kane <laughs> sign Budweiser nine car sitting right next to me right now. I'm looking up over my screen. So awesome. my, he was my guy. So go ahead. I had, I had to interrupt you. That's so awesome because this ties into the whole story. This is going to be awesome. Um, so huge Casey Kane fan. I, I just, you know, obviously, like you said, when he wrecked out, then it's like, oh, well, why am I even watching this race? You know? Um, and so then he went to the 95. He went to Levine Family Racing. And that is when I could finally, I finally figured out how to bet on NASCAR. And obviously he did not run well. Um, but I would put, you know, 50 bucks on him every week. And, uh, and you know, it was fun for me. And so, uh, yeah, that was about the time that I started betting. And uh, then Matt DiBenedetto uh, came after Casey came. And that is literally the only reason I'm a Matt DiBenedetto fan. I can't even say his name right. He's my favorite. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so when he followed up Casey after he retired for some health problems, um, then I was a Matt fan. And then if anybody has been following me on Twitter for the last two years or so, uh, I had this thing called a weekly deposit and I would put a hundred dollars on Matt Benedetto every Sunday, every race, and just hoping and praying that he'd win at a super speedway. Um, and so now, uh, I, I actually don't have a favorite driver because Matt's down in the truck series. Obviously I still pull for Matt, but talking cup series, um, I think my next guy is going to be Gragson, um, but, you know, he's only running quarter of the races or whatever. So I, um, you know, it's it, like you said, you know, your favorite driver's out of the race. Okay, now I'm rooting for my bets. And so right now, this season, uh, for the time being, I'm, I'm just rooting for my bets. So I don't really have a favorite driver, but um, all my outright winners are my favorites each week. That's eerily similar to me. So, um Totally crazy that that's how it ended up. But I think like if most people, most NASCAR fans realized how easy it is to bet on the sport and how much fun it is, like there'd be a lot more people interested in, in gambling on NASCAR. Like I, I feel like DraftKings or the sports books would be throwing a lot more respect on it. Uh, once people start to figure out like how easy it is, how fun it is, how much it makes the race better because most people out there have their guy and that's it. But when you realize you can have like weekly guys basically in, in outright bets or whoever, however you want to throw money on it, it makes it way more fun to watch, especially during boring races. Like it, it, gambling is breathing life into some of these shit races out there. So um, I, it's very similar story. I, I got a kick out of that. I can't believe that it ended up being that uh close together our experience yeah. very cool I'll touch on that i um you know there's a i would i would i guess it's a hot topic you could say of how does nascar get the younger population uh, how did the, how did nascar get them to become a fan and my answer to that is gambling now you have to do it responsibly obviously um but just like you said that martinsville race a few weeks ago was probably the most boring martinsville race there was but when you have bets on the line, that one boring for a second. And I like, I don't get the whole, that was a boring race thing. Like, I just don't get it. Like I want long races. I don't care if it's single file. Don't care. 
I, I just love NASCAR and I love betting on NASCAR and the, the way to get the younger generation involved is to expand the NASCAR betting. I'm, I'm, I'm firm on that. And like what Chase and, uh, and Dale are doing at garage guys and what Derek's doing with the Twitter space and what you're doing with the podcast. And there's so many other people that are catering to this. And, uh, I, I think we're definitely, definitely trending in the right direction. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that I've talked about this a couple of years ago. I had like a whole episode dedicated to like how to make, uh, I guess, gambling on NASCAR better. And I think maybe this year I'll try to do one where I get a little bit like Derek does like a panel, get some of you guys on to discuss this, but my, you know, not to um, get off topic here, but my overarching gut feeling is that they have to create a proprietary book that NASCAR owns like that to me would be fantastic because then they can go wild with the way that they uh, implement the bets. And, and I, in my episode back a couple of years ago, it was like sort of centering around like the way horse racing does it. Um, And I think that the more they integrate that, the more people will be involved. And it's like a, it's a, you know, one hand is, is, uh, complimenting the other scratching each other's back like that it'll only get better uh if you are doing that like synergy type thing to use a buzzword um and yeah i mean that definitely trending in the right direction i think what sports books that exist right now could do to make it more similar to the you know football uh, basketball sports gambling wise is more live betting options right because Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned martinsville and, and by the way, I love the long races too. Like Coke 600 coming up. It's my birthday weekend every weekend. Like I usually say to people, like, that's all I want to do is just sit and watch this race for five hours and let me live. Like that is awesome. But once the bets are locked, there's not much you can do uh, as far as, you know, you can bet outrights sometimes maybe for like the, the next half of the race, but then eventually it shuts off. If they start to develop that a little bit, make that muscle a little stronger, you're going to get a lot more people, more influx because that Martinsville race, you know, if, if you're on the wrong side of some of those bets, it wasn't really changing. So if you could make some in game bets, uh, during the race, then that would be just another level. But I, like you said, they're, they're in the right direction and I'm glad that we're, we're a part of it for sure. Yeah, I want to touch on this for one second, and then we can move on because we could talk about this for a whole hour. But <laughs> enjoy it, yeah, 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 um, yeah. If, if somehow you know there are people way smarter than me to be able to figure that out, and I have full confidence that NASCAR could do that. Um, but like you said, horse racing—if you could have, you know, live options um, to bet top three, top five, top ten, even matchups. I know they're there's they're working on the match, the live matchups, but the lines aren't always available. But but yeah, that that would be next level stuff, and I think there could be some serious money won um, it, with those bets. So, yeah, like I said, we could talk about this for an hour, but but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll keep doing what we're doing, and then one day, you know, slowly but surely. I mean, because it has improved, you know, since you no doubt, started no. doing it. Like, you know, I know that I've seen a, a huge improvement. Um, I, I would be bitching on uh, DraftKings. <laughs> chat all the time to them trying to make things uh more to my liking but i'm happy with the way things are and i I like the way it's going um so yeah i don't want to keep you all night here let's move to last week uh and i guess season in general 
right last week specifically, but, but how's the year going for you? And, and how did, uh, what'd you think of the race last weekend? How'd you make out? So the season started great at Daytona, uh, one of the duels and one of the Xfinity race. And then that was the only outright that I hit until um, seven weeks ago. Well, so I went on a, however many races there's been four or five week dry spell. And, um, and I, I was down, I mean, I, I was down probably 20, 25, 30 units, something like that. And, um, and it wasn't looking pretty. I was, I was telling uh, skybox, I was like, listen, man, I, I'm sorry for, you know, people are buying these picks and, and I'm not producing very well. Um, and he's like, dude, just, just keep on it. We all have our cold streaks. Um, and right about that time, either, either the next race or the race after that, I went on this wild streak of six straight outrights, uh, with truck Xfinity and cup. And, um, Holy cow. And yeah, so it, it's been, um, it's been incredible. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and I, I credit to a lot of what Derek's doing on the Twitter space and just Twitter in general, being able to bounce ideas off people, um, seeing what other people are on and saying, and, you know, looking at their viewpoint on it. Um, and then taking what I've looked at it and some of my numbers and some of my gut feelings, as people know, um, sometimes I throw analytics and metrics out the window, uh, and I like to have fun with it and bet on things that have no basis whatsoever. Uh, but that's, <laughs> that, that part is fun to me, you know, like that, that, that's why I'm doing this is to have fun, um, just to, you know, have that camaraderie with people. Um, but, but yeah, uh, on to Darlington, um, I, I picked the winner, uh, picked all guy in the Xfinity race, picked, picked John Hunter in the truck race. Um, so those were two good races. And then, you know, the cup series, obviously that was a wonky race towards the end there. Um, but I was on, I was on Reddick heavy. I had him outright in top five. Um, you know, he had a shot at the end. That's all you can ask for with an outright bet. Um, and then, and, you know, I hit bell top 10 and uh, recce spin house. That's what I like to call him. Uh, top 10. He kind of, you know, came out of nowhere the last two weeks, had a couple good runs. Um, and I ended up breaking even. I was up just less than, than one unit. But overall, I loved the Darlington race. Uh, obviously, the move at the end, uh, people talk about, was it a good race? Uh, well, if you take away the ending, was it a good race? It doesn't matter. The ending was a part of the race, you know. That I, and, I, and you see people argue on Twitter about, was it a dirty move, this, that, or the other? I mean, that's, that's what we ask for when we turn on the NASCAR races, stuff like that. Like, that's incredible to me. Like no matter who it is, whether, whether the guy in first is the one I bet on, obviously I'm going to be pissed, but was it entertaining? Hell yeah, it was. Um, so I, I really enjoyed Darlington. You never know what's going to happen at Darlington with, you know, the, the, the worn out track and, and tires coming apart and guys getting loose and close to the wall. And um, as you saw that, that, that big wreck towards the end of stage three there, um, I love Darlington. I've yet to make it up. It's only about a four hour drive North from me. Um, and I almost pulled the trigger this weekend, but obviously it was mother's day, but, uh, but big fan of Darlington and, um, and I really enjoyed the race. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it was an entertaining race. I was someone who had the leader, uh, Byron and, and, you know, I'm trying to watch the race, like as mother's day dinner is like coming to an end, like on an <laughs> iPad across the across the table uh so i'm like oh, i think he's in the lead at the end then i saw it happen like oh my god but you're right like that's that's why you bet on nascar like you bet to have fun and if the bets make fun or if the bets allow you to have fun with 
the race, then that's a success. You know what I mean? Whether you, you win or lose. So you got to have that mindset. You can't be so like down on it. Um, and the race was entertaining from my perspective. So I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. Now, um, I'm not sure when this will drop, but, you know, if, if this does come out before Wednesday night's Twitter spaces, you might want to tune in. we got a little bit of a thing with the watermelon that, uh, you know, with a Ross Chastain bet, but um, we don't have to get in that. We'll, we'll save that. And if you miss the Twitter spaces, you can always go back and um, listen to that on uh, at picks by plays. So you can hear Skybox's uh, situation there. I'll say with the watermelon. It's very interesting. Yeah. Darlington didn't uh, treat me right in that perspective. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and say a little bit about it. I, uh, Rory picks a uh, guy that's in Derek's Twitter space a lot and NASCAR betting community. Um, we made a little side wager. Um, Cause I told him that I didn't like betting on Ross Chastain last week. And so we made a little side wager. And uh, if Kyle Bush finished ahead of Ross Chastain, I was in the clear. And if Ross Chastain, AKA melon man, uh, finished ahead of Kyle Bush, then I would have to eat an entire watermelon infused with vodka. And uh, they both wrecked. And Ross Chastain finished three spots ahead of Kyle Bush. And I will be eating. I'm looking at it right now, actually. I have a water bottle or a, a, a Tito's bottle inside the watermelon, watching the vodka slowly drip out into the watermelon. So tomorrow night should be very, inter- I mean, you know, Wednesday night on the space should be very entertaining. Very entertaining, and, and Thursday morning uh, might be a little rough. I don't know. That we'll see. I'm not sure how hammered you can get off of that. I would imagine pretty drunk. Yeah, I have no idea. We're going to find out together. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, you're a man of your word, like we said. And, uh, yeah, maybe you can get him back at some point this year. Maybe maybe this upcoming race, maybe something uh, creative, but we'll see. Um, so let's move to Kansas. And uh, we're kind of getting into cookie cutter country is what I like to call it. The mile and a half. So we got um, this race and the all-star race next week. Um, sorry for my dog barking here. Um, and then Charlotte after that. So uh, what are your thoughts on Kansas overall? And um, are you excited for this one? Uh, any thoughts on the odds, the way they dropped, you know, specifically just initial uh, take here. Yeah, let's talk Kansas and, and cookie cutter mile and a half for a second. Um, I, I, I tweet about this sometimes uh, and talk about it. As a fan, am I the biggest on mile and a half? No, but do I still love it and watch it? Of course. But as a better and a gambler, I love cookie cutter because there, I feel like there's a little bit more predictability. Um, you're going to have guys that typically run at the front, run, run up front. Um, as a gambler, I mile and a half are my favorite tracks to bet because I feel like I have a little bit more of an edge. Um, and in Kansas, uh, especially Matt Benedetto had two, uh, second place finishes here. So one spot away from my weekly deposit, <laughs> but, but it's a track that, you know, not all of the underdogs will get a chance to run up front, but you never know what's going to happen. You know, I, you know, Kentucky's not on the schedule anymore, but, Custer had a late restart and went from like eighth to first in the last two laps and and won the damn thing. So, um, you know, I think that there's opportunity to, 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 like I said earlier, to find an edge uh, on the cookie cutters. And I know I just kind of contradicted myself by saying that the guys that run up front, run up front, but they do. Um, But 
you know, I, I think if you can find the guys that run well on the Las Vegas, Chicago land, Kentucky, and two of those that I just named aren't even on the schedule yet or anymore, but Kansas, um, you stick to those guys. And so I'll touch on a couple guys that, you know, I've looked at the odds and, and a few of the guys that kind of stick out to me. Um, so overall is better. Yeah. I like betting mile and a half cookie cutters. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, totally agreeing with everything that you're saying there. And I thought it was interesting that DraftKings uh, was the first to release odds had four guys as the favorite at plus 700. Like if everything you're saying is correct, right? A little bit more predictability. Um, that's fantastic odds for the gambler plus 700 at a mile and a half, like pretty damn good. Cause I think in years past, we could see somewhere around like plus 350 on the, the first odds that dropped. So I was excited when I saw that. Cause I think there is definitely opportunity this week for anyone out there to throw outright bets on. Um, so, you know, I don't want to get all your picks. We're going to get into a little head to head face off here in a second, but um, is there anybody out there, any of the heavy hitters that strike you as uh, more so favorable than others? Yeah. When I look at, when I look at the odds, uh, I think this guy is very underpriced. Um, and you look what he, I, I, when I look at, think of Kansas, I think of Vegas, right. we've already been to Vegas this year. Um, they kind of have that rounded dog leg uh, on the front stretch. Um, the corners are very similar. Um, and Ryan Blaney and Kyle Larson both have owned these two tracks. Uh, they run well uh, at these tracks. And Blaney is currently sitting at plus 1,400. And I know he hasn't, you know, the Fords haven't had a great season, even though Logano just won. Um, they haven't really shown the speed that, that Hendrick has. Um, but when you see a number like this and a guy that has run up front on these type tracks, I mean, you gotta, you gotta hop on that. I'm looking at four to one top three plus plus one seventy five, top five, Ryan Blaney is going to be a guy that I'm, that I'm looking at, at from a value pick, uh, this week. I am happy to hear you say that. Um, so I recorded my part of the podcast, uh, ahead of time. And so that, that's a different guy that I called out for the outrights. I was naming names like Alex Bowman as a value pick. Um, I, I went back to the Ross Chastain. Well, plus 1000 right now. Um, Ryan Blaney is someone that I'm kind of scared of right now. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of bounce that off of you. Like that, that season that started so hot for him, it kind of just seemed like, all right, well, you know, when's he going to get his win? He's starting to cool off a little bit. So it's nice to hear that you're thinking, you know, this is a track that could kind of cure that a little bit. Yeah. So you're, you're definitely correct. Uh, Ryan Blaney has definitely hit a cold spell. Um, he has not been running, you know, he has so many second place finishes. I think he won two or three times last year. Um, he, he runs so well and, but it, it just seems like there's something happens on pit road or caught up in a wreck or, and we can say this about so many different guys, and, you know, that's the beauty about NASCAR is you find that guy that can put a race together with his pit crew and the strategy calls and put himself in the right position. And I think Ryan Blaney can do that. He just hasn't done it lately. And when you think of betting on NASCAR, I think a lot of people look at what have you done for me lately, i.e. Ross Chastain. And don't don't take this for anything than what I'm about to say. Ross Chastain has run so well this year. I mean, he is hot, arguably the hottest driver in NASCAR. 
But at some point, regression to the mean, you got to think that Ryan Blaney, Bowman, Harvick, uh, some of these guys, that this, this season kind of turns around a little bit. And, and maybe Ross kind of comes back to that 10th, 12th, 14th place that we've seen him historically. And so, like I said earlier, when I think about when, – when I look at a bet and I look at the odds, sometimes I just throw metrics out the window. And I'm, I, and I'm saying, okay, yeah, Ryan Blaney has run well here and he's 14 to one. That's, that's pretty good value for a guy that, you know, has won at Vegas and, and uh, Atlanta before they repaved it. Um, you know, the season has got to turn around. The season has got to start going in the right direction. He's got all the resources in the world at Penske. Um, and so this, that, that's, that's, that was the first name and the first line that popped up to me. Um, I really like Bowman as, like you said, I mean, 16 to one on DraftKings. That's, that's a pretty juicy line. I mean, I think he won here. I think he, or he won it, uh, at Vegas this year, I think. Yep. And, um, and, and, and when I'm looking at this, I, I like I said, I, I, I compare Kansas and Vegas very similarly. So I do like that Bowman pick. I'm going to have to put that one in the back pocket. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump on the Ryan Blaney pick. Cause I'll admit, like I, I kind of had uh, selective vision on him because of how he's been running um, uh, plus 1400. I think you said he was like, that's, that's very much. I'll, I'll ride with you on that one um, for sure. I, I love that actually. So before we get into the face off, any other, like maybe not outrights, but you mentioned like a couple of top fives or anything like that. Um, of the guys we just talked about anything else to call out uh, or do you want to get into the head to heads? Yeah. Yeah. So I got a couple other people uh, that I'm looking at this week, Austin Dillon. Uh, he's, you've got to think, I don't know this for a fact, but you've got to think that he's got the same resources and cars that Tyler Reddick has. And Reddick has been up front almost every week and, you know, Austin Dillon will, he'll have those races where like Texas a couple of years ago, him and Reddick stayed out two tires and went and won the damn thing. Um, you know, he's good for, for one race a year. And um, I'm going to, I'm not going to take Austin Dillon out. Right. Although he is uh, plus 8,000, which is just bonkers to me. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. So I'm looking at top 10 plus 200. I think that's great value. Um, I think that, you know, practicing qualifying is going to tell us a lot, but when you have these guys that are, you know, plus 4,000, plus 6,000, plus 8,000, you got to get on them before practicing qualifying, because that is going to be, you know, that let's say he qualifies in the top 10, that plus 8,000 number is going to come down probably half that probably plus 4,000. Um, so I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a little coin on, uh, on Austin Dillon top 10 plus 200. Um, and then a couple other guys that I'm going to be looking at and kind of riding the, the NASCAR betting community train, uh, that was a mouthful, uh, but, but Reddick and Chastain, I mean, I feel like we're betting on these guys every week. Um, and, and for good reasons, I mean, these guys are hot, they're running up front. They're the new young guns on the block. Um, and you know, I think I saw Chastain at 10 to one and Reddick's currently sitting at 16 to one. Um, so I'll probably look at Reddick top three plus four fifty, top five plus 200. Uh, I'll look in that range. Um, I don't know what the, what the lines are going to be like on the track, not the betting lines, you know, if maybe if this next gen car can produce some second, third lane racing, maybe you'll see some guys go to the top. Um, you know, Reddick Briscoe likes to rim ride. Um, 
So those are the kind of the guys that, that piqued my interest when first looking at the lines and um, you know, things could change after practicing qualifying, but I feel like those odds have the most potential to get worse um, after practicing qualifying. It's a great way to put it. Like, let's look at the guys who are super long right now that could only, you could only miss out on after qualifying. You know what I mean? It's hard to imagine Austin Dillon being worse than plus 8,000 outright. (laughs) You know what I mean? After qualifying, if he qualifies poorly, that's not really going to change. He's only going to move up. So you can only miss out. That's a great way of thinking about it. And yeah, I mean, I can't argue with, with any of those guys. Like I said, I I went um, all in on Chastain earlier. So happy to hear you say that, but Dylan, I can get behind too. Like a top five um, might be a little bit more uh, safe for me, but I mean, who wouldn't want to throw just like a couple bucks on that outright? Cause every now and then it feels like, like when he wins, it feels like it comes out of left field. So um, I like it. I, I could get behind those. So we'll get into now the, the head to head face off here. It's the first time you've been on. So I'll just kind of give a recap in in case this is the first time anybody's heard this. Um, Done this a few times this year, and I have only lost once, uh, twice all time. Once this year to Derek, and it was one uh, where we had just got done his Twitter spaces. I'm not making excuses, but I wasn't, you know, as prepared. Uh, So the way this works is we're going to go through three matchups. Whoever is in control of the matchup, they're going to call it out and choose one of the drivers. And then the other person gets stuck with the other driver. So at the end, we have basically a a roster of three drivers uh, versus the other three and best of three series. Essentially, we'll see who comes out on top on Sunday. Uh, Now, last time I had someone on to do this, it was Speedway Steve Two, that that Phil and Steve from uh, from the Speedway Steve Two account. And I just wanted to throw a little caveat because I did beat them two to one, but their driver, the one that won was Ross Chastain. So I think uh, talking to a couple people online, I think if you call out the winner, it should be a bonus point. We were saying that might need to be a draw, but uh, so we'll, we'll say from here on out, if you call out a winner in one of your matchups, that's an extra point. Um, so Skybox, we discussed ahead of time as the guest, you get to choose. Do you want to go once or twice? So I'm going once, and I like my position here because, as you said, you've only lost once or twice this season. And I just mentioned with Ryan Blaney a little regression to the mean. Uh, So I'll (laughs) pick once. I'll let you take twice, and I'll let fate decide this. All right. That's, you know, it's understandable because I think the only time I lost this year, I did go twice. Derek defer as well. So uh, I don't want to give away the recipe here, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. So I'll go first. We'll let you go in the middle here. Um, So I'm not talking nonstop there uh, with two matchups straight. So the first matchup that I am looking at here, I'm a little nervous, but I feel like there's some merit to it. So I'm nervous because it's Chris Busher. He burned me last week in the featured matchups on the Twitter spaces. It killed me um, in fourth place now on that group of people. And he lost a, you know, he was heavily favored, but I'm going back to that. Well, Chris Busher is minus 115 against Bubba Wallace. Uh, I just, 
I don't know whether this is like confidence in Busher or just a lack of confidence in Bubba. At this racetrack, you know, in the past, Bubba has had eight races and only two top 20s. Average finish is 26.0. That to me is disgusting. I don't know how you could uh, choose to bet on someone with those statistics. If you look at uh, Chris Busher, 10 starts, he's got seven top 20s. So like when we're getting down into the fodder, you know, of the guys who are more so mid-pack and, and beyond, you got to start looking at like top 15s, top 20s. And Chris Busher, you know, his average finishes 17.1. Uh, what am I looking at here? He's got five top 15s, three top 10s. So he, he has the ability to kind of shine a little bit here. Um, we mentioned Las Vegas. One of the things that I was calling out earlier was the fact that Dover is actually, I saw uh, Rotodoc tweeted out um, comparison, uh, comparable racetracks, and, and Dover actually is one. If you look at his uh, statistics, that stands out that could play a factor. And since we went to both those tracks, I've been kind of going in on uh, what we've been seeing there. So Looking at those, Chris Busher, you know, the combined average finish of, of Dover and uh, Vegas this year is much better than Bubba Wallace. His green flag speed is better than Bubba Wallace. So I, I feel like across the board, I, I don't have a reason why I would choose Bubba. So I got to go with Busher here, minus 115. Um, so your thoughts on receiving Bubba in that one? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm taking fate on this one. Um, I, I do lean Chris Busher here, but, uh, but, but I, I'll take Bubble and I'll, I'll, I'll back him up a little bit. Um, you know, he's had a tough season. There's no, no, no way around it. Uh, but last week at Darlington, and I'm not sure how much you can take from Darlington to Kansas, but he was running, you know, around 10th, 12th. Um, I know when he, when he wrecked, he was in like, he restarted like 7th. Um, and so I, you know, what, what 2311 car is going to show up this week? Uh, is it going to be both? Neither one of them, um, that they're just, they're like throwing darts. Um, but Hey, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, Bubba Wallace. I, I know he's a wheel man. I know he can wheel the damn thing. Um, so we'll see. All right. I'll take Bubba. (laughs) All right. I like the, the sales pitch there. So now balls in your court. Who are you going to go with in your matchup? So when I was looking at all these uh, matchups that DraftKings put out, I, I, I was finding a tough, tough edge um, to find. And I came across this one, uh, Eric Jones versus Chase Briscoe. And this is, um, you know, I, I wish I had some stats for you. I wish I had some metrics for you, but, um, but sometimes I don't roll that way. Um, and I'm going Eric Jones in this one. I'm giving you the young guy. Um, Eric Jones has got a little bit more experience. And that uh, Richard Petty, whatever the other team, Petty GMS, the 43 car has been rolling this year. I mean, they, they're they up front. Could have won Auto Club. Um, the, the last week at Darlington, before he got caught up in that wreck, he's running, I mean, freaking top five from the beginning of the race. I mean, this guy is is hot. I mean, this car is hot. Um, and I'm going to keep riding that train minus one Oh five, Eric Jones. Um, you know, that, that line may get even plus plus money, maybe depending on practice qualifying. Um, and, and Briscoe, I know he's won a race this year, um, but he, he just finds a way 
to screw it. And I will refrain from using language, but he just, I feel like he finds a way to throw it in the wall to get caught up. He runs, you know, mid teens, uh, high 20 or, you know, low twenties. Um, so I'm taking the hot wheel of Eric Jones in this one. I think it's a good pick. You, I think you're making the right choice on that one. I mean, for the record, I, I find myself really drawn to Eric Jones this year I, as like a fan, just like rooting for him because I feel like he's gotten uh, the short end of the stick here, getting booted out of uh, Gibbs when he did kind of finding his way now in the 43, really making that car respectable again. I think that says a lot about Eric Jones, maybe a little bit about the new car. I think they're getting a little help from that, but good pick with Eric Jones, because if you look at his track history, it's it's very good at this racetrack. Um, just pulling up my my numbers now. I don't know why I'm I'm bigging up big upping your pick here, but you know, three top tens, five top fifteens. Um, or sorry, three top fives, five top tens. I mean, a lot of that was Gibbs, but still, uh, he's shown that he can get it done this year. Looking at Briscoe. I'm down on Briscoe right now. Like, wake me up when we get to a road course with Chase Briscoe. Uh, so I'm a little, you know, nervous about this one. I think the only way I'm going to make it out alive with that matchup is if something, uh, an act of God happens with Jones in the 43. I think Briscoe will probably be floating around um, the lead lap. Honestly, lead lap average at this track the last few years is like right around 20. And I think Briscoe could be beyond that. So uh, I got to hope that he can stay on the lead lap and, and kind of survive it. But uh, two races here in the cup series, two top twenties, like 19 and 21, or, or excuse me. Yeah. 19 twice, maybe. Uh, so not great for, for Chase Briscoe, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. So good pick, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I, I like Jones. Um, all right. My last one, I, I, was a little caught off guard. I thought you might want to take two. So I'm digging here, pulling up matchup. I did have one that uh, I really liked earlier, and I'm just not sure if I want to go with it or not. There were, there were two guys that I was trying to fade. One was Daniel Suarez, and the other was Austin Sindrick. And I think what I'm going to do here is go with, Eric Almarola over Austin Cindric. Now, this is a, a twofold attack here. Eric Almarola, I think he's a threat for a top 10 at this racetrack. Uh, started the season hot, as we know, back to back to back to back, I think maybe top 10s this season. And then he's been, you know, out of sight, out of mind really since then. Uh, but four top 10s in his last 10 races here, six top 15s. Pretty consistent running like mid-teens. So I feel like the person who runs 15th is going to win that matchup. I think Austin Sindrick just has nothing going on for him. And, you know, you don't really have data to compare this racetrack. But if you're looking at the, the two tracks I mentioned, Dover and, and Vegas, uh, Almarola's top 10, the combined average finish with those, you know, Sindrick is, is dismal. Um, same thing with green flag speed. So I like that plus like head to head just over the last six races, I think Almarola has them five to one. So, uh, this is more so a fade 
on Cindric, I was kind of looking through like, okay, who, who do I not want to bet on? And then I saw oh, Amarula. I could get behind him. So that's what I'm going to go with, the 10 car over the two car in Cindric. Uh, how are you feeling with that one? Yeah, like you said, the Eric Amarola started the season with like four or five straight top tens, uh, and then he kind of fell off the map. And what I said earlier about what have you done for me lately? Well, Eric Amarola has not done anything for me lately. Um, and Austin Cindric obviously won the the, the 500, and uh, he was the face of NASCAR for like a week. Um, <laughs> represented our 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 sport well, and then he just he, he just couldn't get it together. I mean, just not running very well uh, on any of the type of tracks. Um, but but the one thing that I will back him up on and, I, and makes me feel better about me having Cindric is Penske's um, previous performance. Took me a while to get that out at Triple these P. Vegas, uh, Kansas speedways. And so maybe uh, at some point, whoever the crew chief is of the two car, says give me what ryan blaney's got or give me what logano's got right just mimic the setup so maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll take a chance i know each driver is different and they have different preferences on how their car's set up and driving styles and whatnot um but you know maybe they'll give cindric the old blaney car and um i like my chances yeah i mean i guess since you're here i just want to ask you like what do you what do you think the deal is with that two car like I think Austin Cindric clearly has the ability to drive and starting the season, I was kind of saying like, all right, well, we're going to find out with Brad and the two team kind of like who was really coming up big for them. Was it the driver? Was it the team? And they both suck. So I don't know what to make of that two car. Like until we start seeing results, I can't really bet on them, but do you think it's just the rookie experience or do you think the team is down? Cause I know Penske's not lighting the world on fire. I have their over under four and a half and, you know, kind of cross my fingers on them. But what do you think that is the team or the driver in the two car? That's kind of struggling. So I think it's two things um, with the two car and Brad. So I think, we haven't seen rookies do well in the cup series since like Ryan Newman, Casey Kane, Jimmy Johnson, um, I mean, we haven't seen rookies win races in a, in a long time. Um, I think that is a big factor, even though it was a new car and everyone was quote unquote on the same playing field. Um, I, you're running with the big boys, man. I, I think that when rookies come, I mean, you see what's happening with Harrison Burton in the 21 car. He's, I think you said it or someone said it that he's got the same odds as BJ McLeod to win the race. Like, come on, are you kidding yeah, me? He's useless. But, but I think it, you know, the two car. Um, I think they're fast. You see Logano come out and win Darlington. They're, they're winning winning race cars. Now, have they had the, the top three speed that they've had in the past this year? No, they haven't. Um, but then when you look at Brad, you know, I think it's going to take a while for him to turn that organization around. They've, uh, Roush has been in a, in a lull for, it feels like, three, four, five years now, ever since they had that. I think they had five cars at one point, and they were just dominant. Um, them and Hendrick, they were just going at it. And so – I think Brad is, is obviously more experienced. Uh, I think the chemistry with him and Penske and all the people there, he was there for like 10 years. Um, and I think that, you know, two guys going to a new organization, one being a rookie and one going to a, 
I'm not going to say underfunded, but they might be. I don't know. They haven't been running very well the last three or four years. So I think it's a combination. I, I think we'll see some disparity, whether that's Brad or whether it's Penske, the two car. Uh, I think you got to give that one another year to really, really dissect, um, you know, what the reasons the two cars are running, the, the both of the cars are running poorly. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. I've, I've just been wondering that. I haven't had a chance to like really ask someone else's opinion on that one, but I, I think that definitely describes it well. Um, so there it is. That's the, that's the matchup this week. So I'll put the uh, bad Photoshop out there of the, the tail of the tape. We got myself, I have Chris Busher and you've got Wallace. You've got Eric Jones. I've got Briscoe. And then to end it, I've got Almarola over your Austin Sindrick. So um, there it is. We'll see who comes out. Good luck to you there. Any other thoughts on Kansas before we uh, start to wrap it up here? Just one more thing. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my uh, Noah Gragson windy shirt and he's in the field this week. Um, and like we talked on, talked about earlier, I don't really have a favorite driver right now. And Gragson is, is my boy. And uh, when he gets to the cup series, he'll be my guy. So I'm going to throw a little coin. I'm not, I'm definitely not going to take him out. Right. Um, but you know, top 10, top five, um, he'll be my little weekly deposit. How about that? I like that. I like that. And that's another thing talking about like the, the sports books kind of making it a little bit more fun. I would love to see like more bets around those types of guys. You know, I'm not calling him a back marker, but you know, let's see a head to head with, with Gregson, who would they match him up against? How about Justin Haley? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that to me is interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I think you can't go wrong there with your boy. Do you think, uh, I guess, when do you think he'll be in the cup series and, and with who? Cause I, I used to think he was like a Hendrick minor leaguer, but, uh, I'm not sure if there's too many spots available there. Yeah. Uh, there's like no spots. I mean, obviously they're going to resign Larson next year. I think he's got through next year. I think they'll, they'll resign. I can't, you can't let that guy go. Um, and then the rest of the guys are like 2025, 2027. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see him going to Hendrick in the next couple of years. Um, I could, obviously he's running for colleague right now. So maybe they could take that second car and make it full time. Um, I think that, I think that he, and un, as unfortunate as this is, I'm about to say is I think he needs another year in Xfinity, not, not for driving, uh, experience. Obviously that helps, but I, I think he's just got a little bit more maturity, um, to get under his belt. And I think he needs to just grow up a little bit. I'm a big fan of his. I love some of the stuff that he does on social media and fighting. And I just love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but from his perspective, from a realistic perspective and for a cup owner to take a chance on, on someone like that, I just think you need a little bit more, uh, maturity. So I would say next year would be very quickly, but I think, uh, 2024, I think there's a real possibility where he'll land. No clue. I don't think it'll be Hendrick, but I think colleague or maybe if there's a new Chevy team, um, I can't imagine him, him bouncing to another manufacturer, but we'll yeah, see. That, I'll be really excited for that. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Got to find a, a spot in Chevy for him. They'll probably make a spot for him, especially if he goes out and wins the title. Um, mm -hmm. so if it, hopefully he can focus on that and like you said, get mature. So, Good stuff. I want to let you go because you have an iRacing event tonight. And you mentioned this uh, during the, the Twitter spaces shows. You're always um, 
jumping off to go race. Can you just give me a quick rundown on, on what that is and, and what you're getting into? Yeah. So, uh, I've always heard of iRacing and I would always watch YouTube videos and Twitch live streams of guys racing. And I was always interested in it. Uh, never thought it would be my kind of thing, but, um, when COVID hit, I quit my job and, um, I was working for my parents' company and I was only working like two days a week. And I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta find a hobby. I gotta find something to do. And so I just bought some pedals, a wheel, computer, a uh, couple screens, bought the whole nine yards. And um, I just started getting into it. And I found a couple guys on iRacing that would run a league. And um, I really fell in love with it. So I run a league race uh, Tuesday nights in the ARCA car and Wednesday nights in the Next Gen Cup car. Uh, it's called Four Wide Racing League. It's, uh, it's streamed on, uh, I, I can't think of the streamer's name, but I'll tweet it out or something, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I found a good group of guys that some of them like to gamble on NASCAR and, um, Joey Slagano, that's his Twitter handle. He, he races with me. Uh, and it's just something fun to do. You know, there's like a hundred bucks to the championship winner. And, um, you know, I'm not very good at road courses on iRacing. I'm actually very awful, but, uh, super speedways are fun. Mile and a halfs are fun. Um, and I, I'm, I'm okay at those kind of tracks. So tonight we're at Chicago land and arc car. And, uh, you know, I just like to go out and have fun. This is just another thing. Like I, I just like to have fun in life. Like what, what's the point of not living? You know, I love doing things that I enjoy doing traveling, NASCAR, I racing. Um, obviously I have my job that I, that I really enjoy, but, but I'm, you know, I racing is just one of those things where I can escape the world and, you know, it's just me and something that I love. So I appreciate you letting me go. Uh, and I really appreciate you having me on tonight. I had a lot of fun and I hope that I could uh, throw some insight your way. Absolutely, man. That was, that was awesome. Um, had a lot of fun and I appreciate indulging me with the face off the head to heads. It'll be uh, fun to follow this weekend. So yeah, good luck in your race tonight, Chicago land. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you. I'll be talking to you tomorrow night, but um, where can people find you officially on, on Twitter and, and elsewhere to support you? Yeah. Uh, at skybox NASCAR on Twitter. And, uh, and then we have a website, um, that's run by our, our mother account, as I call it, uh, skybox sports picks.com. Um, we have a guy that, uh, that started this thing that does analytics and, um, runs algorithms and, uh, college basketball is his kind of thing. Um, so go check out our website. We have some merch up there. Um, you can buy some packages and, um, and yeah, like I, I'll be on Twitter space every Wednesday night. You can find me there. Hopefully one day later in the season, I can hop on the full tank Phil podcast and, um, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. That's, I don't have any other social media, so that's the best place to find me. Absolutely. No matter what happens here with the face off, we got to run it back. So we'll, you're going definitely... down. boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'll be out for revenge. We'll catch you later in the, later in the year. So All right, Mark, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Have a good night. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks once again to our awesome guest, Skybox NASCAR. Great conversation there. And get your bets in early here for Kansas. Next week, the All-Star Race. I'll try to do something here. It might not be a full episode, but we'll try to get something out there. So we'll keep your ears peeled for that. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. Hello
Go. Girl, 